Welcome back to the Fire You Carry podcast. Today, it is just me, Kevin Welsh. Noel has a sick son, so we're thinking about you, Indy. Uh, he's not feeling well. And so we're just talking today with me. Uh, so I'm sorry, because Noel always has a great perspective. But I thought we could talk about today is instant gratification. Something I am struggling with right now is why do we always want the immediate reward without having to put in the work first. So think about this. In almost every area of life that we talk about, I walk into a gym and I see a guy and he looks fantastic. But what you haven't seen is him staying diligent and grind for like 12 years on his nutrition, his sleep, his recovery, you know, obviously his workouts. And it's just like, you want to take a pill, you want to take that supplement, you want to buy all the things without having to do the work. And so it's something I want to talk about and see if you guys are like that. I think it's our culture, right? We're talking about that we're not patient enough to get the reward over a long period of time. But I look at that in like in the fire up program, we kind of have five things that we, we focus on your faith, your family, your fitness, your career, and then being of service. And in all those areas, I want instant gratification. For instance, with marriage or the kids, you want that just to be just skipping down the road. You just show up and everything's great, but it's been my experience that you have to put in daily work and to be selfless and sacrifice a lot and that the rewards come down the line with fitness. Obviously that is, that's just a glaring one that I'm struggling with. I had a surgery. It's almost four months ago. And you just think the surgery is going to heal your issue and you can start off right where you were, but it's as humbling as you can possibly get. Like I had to start with two and a half pound weights and I was struggling with that. And I want to get back to an area of fitness, but it's something that I had to like do small incremental changes over a long period of time to get back to where I'm, I'm back to work. And thankfully I'm back to work. And last week we had Jay on the show and he was uh, instrumental in getting me back. And so I, I think it, I think it's wise to just be patient. You know, like I look at, I used to be in the financial world and I look at guys like we went through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And if you ever listen to Dave Ramsey's show, he has like millionaires every now and then will call in. And it's shocking. A lot of them did not develop an app or start a business. A lot of them just had W-2 jobs like mine. And they put a little bit of money away. They paid themselves first. They did not carry a whole lot of debt. And slowly over a 30-year period, they amass seven figures in a net worth. And it's like, I'm all, we're always looking, I think, in today's culture for that thing that's going to pop, whatever that side hustle is, whether it's real estate, Bitcoin, what, all that. And uh, what we're not talking about is the old school way of just stacking chips slowly but surely over time and changing your financial trajectory just slowly over a long time. And so this is a, I'm talking to myself here is that I got to get out of that mindset of that instant gratification in all areas. Even faith for me is I've, I've had a couple of like eye opening 
experiences, spiritual experiences, right? Where I'm like, I've hit, I felt the power of God in my life. Well, the next day you still got to go take the trash out, <laughs> go to work. Somebody's frustrated in front of you. And it, for me, it, it looks like, Hey, I still got to get into the daily word. I got to pray. I got to meditate. Uh, I have to talk to people wiser than me and stay connected. My faith only grows with when I put in like daily work. Family, we already talked about. Fitness is obvious. Your career. Man, when I started in the fire service, I knew nothing. I came again, like from a financial background. I had some friends in the fire service and I wanted to do well. But it took time, right? You had to take lots of classes. I had to take lots of classes. I had to go to a fire academy, a private fire academy, become an EMT. And then you go through an academy and you learn even more. And then when you get on the floor, you absolutely know nothing. And so you have to gain a level of experience. And I'm learning every single day on this job. And I don't think I'll ever stop learning. I'm very grateful that I'm surrounded by guys that know a lot more than me. And that's instrumental in my daily learning. And so I'd, you know, you can't just go to one class or go to academy. And I think we all want to in our careers, like already hit the floor running, knowing what you need to know, but it's that instant gratification. We don't need that. You got to just grind it out and gain some experience over time and work and then gain that experience. That experience is invaluable. I look at some of on our job, some of those, you know, there's guys that have more time on the toilet than I have, and they've just seen things multiple times. And you can, they have that sixth sense when you go into a call where they think, Hey, I've seen this before. It's not going to go well. This is what we need to do. And I might not be picking up on what's going on, but their experience shows them that they've seen something like this before. Be patient and let's move on. And then being of service, my main thing with being of service is it gets me out of my head. It just, it just gets me out of my head. So I have a friend that says I'm not much but I'm all I think about. And that's true. We are selfish, self-centered human beings, right? And being of service to me is literally making a phone call on my drive home, asking somebody how they're doing in their life. And then you're just, you're just putting those little daily, those daily texts in those, da- those, those little things of being of service. It doesn't have to be some grandiose thing. I'm starting a church in Africa, even though we have friends that do that. And I admire that. But to me, it's always the little things having a conversation with somebody when they're in need or helping somebody move, taking in a trash can, putting the shopping cart back where it goes, just those little things. And, and I feel that I got to get out of this, that, that gratification and be comfortable with the grind. These are the things that make me uncomfortable is just being patient and saying, no, I want this now. And sometimes you have to delay that gratification and put in some work. What do you think about this? Are you, where in your life are you saying, I am not patient. I want this now. Is it a house that you're trying to buy? This market's out of control. Is it a fitness thing? And what do you think you can do to delay that gratification and just enjoy the journey? Because really that's what it should be about is that we have goals. I have goals. I write down goals yearly. A lot of the times like that goal I have to work backwards from, right? So I start working backwards and say, how do I get to that goal? I have to be very measured, very specific. And almost every single time 
It just means that I have to take daily little actions, daily little actions. Right now, my one of the goals is to work on mobility and stretching. So I am useless when this comes. I, every person I've ever seen in PT after this said, oh, you're tight, you're tight, you're tight. And so I want to like, you know, you do the basics, foam roll, go to PT, they stretch you, do your exercises. But what I don't want to do is I have this Romwad app and it, it'll hold a stretch for like three minutes and it's brutal. It's devastating to me. I don't want to do that. Right. But we had Juan Huizar on the, on the show and he talks about waking up early and doing that and grinding out those stretching. And he's had a pretty successful athletic career working as a full-time uh, real estate agent, full-time dad, and he's still competing in Ironmans, triathlons, you know, marathons, jujitsu. And so that's been the key to one of his successes. So I don't think I have to reinvent the wheel. I just have to follow people like that and say, what are you doing? And so that's that's another thing I would say is just look for advice. And I have no idea what to do on most things. But I look for people that I admire in that area and say, what are you doing and how do you do it? Like finances. Man, we talked about this on a previous episode. But in 2008, nine, when the, the market crashed and we had our version of a recession, my wife and I lost everything. Houses, cars, uh, jobs, everything. And we literally started over. And that's the turning point where I said, I think I want to follow my dreams and become a fireman and do something different. But what that meant is that we were drowning in debt. We had to have three jobs each. I had to go back to school and I had to do a ton of daily work to get to the point where now we're, we're comfortable right? A lot of times these things look like sacrifices, right? So you want something, but you're going to have to sacrifice something to get there. You want to buy a house? Well, that means you're probably going to have to save money for a down payment. You're going to probably have to pay down debt. You might have to sell that truck and you're going to have to make some sacrifices depending or get a new job or whatever that looks like for you. But it's like, you have to keep that long goal in mind. And you know, we're, we're struggling with, we had two girls and we think it would, it would be probably good for them to go to college. And I'm looking at inflation and what these college costs could be down the line. And it's absurd. We're like, we would never be able to afford for them to go to college. But if I just put a little bit of money away into a 529 plan a month, we might have a chance, right? We might have a chance. And so I can't look at the overwhelming number that says it's going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars. What I have to do is do something consistently monthly and let that uh, interest on interest accumulate. And hopefully that, that uh, it grows and that we give them a chance. Right. And so I'm in the same thing with, with the, with the fitness arena. You know, I can't look back at my former level of fitness. I've said, Hey, I've had two surgeries and I'm 43. What do I do now? Well, I got to do daily work right? I can't be my Kenobi or Noel Lilly today, but what I can do is I can put in daily work and focus on nutrition. I can focus on my mobility and stretching and I can put in the work because I think the tragedy, the real tragedy is just giving up and saying, well, 
I'm never going to do that. I can't do that. I won't be that guy. I think we got to grind. I think we got to have that goal in mind. And I think it helps stay motivated, right? Because a lot of these things in life will beat you down and they'll, they'll just destroy the motivation. And I think the real key is to have some sort of resiliency is to say, I know for a fact that I'm going to get knocked down. And if you get knocked down in life, you got to get up. You got to get up. You got to keep moving. I think that's what we're designed to do is to keep grinding and saying, I don't think God designed this thing to be easy. I think it meant to be hard. Life is a challenge. You're given the tools needed to get through those challenges and move forward. And a lot of them are just suiting up, showing up, putting your shoes on and getting out the door. And so I just wanted to talk about that today. I got nobody to bounce us off of right now. I'm just thinking about this, but patience is a virtue, right? And a lot of times I don't have that patience. And so um, I have to write checklists. Do you guys do checklists? Sometimes a checklist is really easy. I was listening to a guy, I forget, I can't know where to credit this, but he was saying, you know, a lot of times in the beginning when he was working on checklists, men do great with checklists. I'm sure women do too, but he was writing big things on the checklist and he never got the list done and he always felt like a failure. And then he started switching up his checklist and I've used different ones. Like I've used the notes app on my phone. I do have a focus planner that I use that I'll write some things on to do's. And I have a checklist on that. But what he had he advised and where it started to become successful for him is when he wrote basic things. Wake up at 6 a.m., take a shower, get a cup of coffee. All those were checklists. And he said what happened was is that as soon as he started getting three or four crossed off the list and they seem ridiculous, wake up, get a cup of coffee, take a shower, get dressed, get in the car he starts checking them off and something in your brain starts clicking where it starts snowballing and you can get through that checklist throughout the day. And so it is something that I'm using now. It's almost like cheating, right? I'm giving myself this super lame beginning things to check off and then the harder things down further in the line. But what I have found, it's working. I don't know what we are, but it's working for me to put super lame, very easy, accomplished things that you would already do on the checklist in the morning and then start going down to the harder things down the line because I want to complete that list. Something in my brain says complete the list. And so I think that's been helpful. Try it out. And what do you guys think? Who is doing checklists and do they work for you? But I have a lot of other little things. Like I have another um, Tim Ferriss of Tim Ferriss fame recommended this app called way of life. And these are habits that I try to put in. You can put in anything, but right now I have like 30 minutes of zone two cardio crossover, shoulder work, ROM wad, journal, breathe, meditate, cold shower. These are some of the things that are on my habit list. Right. And what the way of life app does is it gives you a green or a red mark, whether you did those things or you didn't. And so throughout the day, that's another form of checklist, but these aren't like really to do. These are more like habits that I want to form things that I want to look over a longer period of time and saying, I've developed this habit and now it is just part of my lifestyle. And this is what I do. 
We've talked about this a lot. Noel is known for his fitness, and that's something that he developed as a habit over the last 12 years that I've known him, or however long that is. And now it's just what he does. It's what he, you know, when he's going to go to work, he's not going to say, not today. It is part of his being, right? And so I think the way of life is kind of cool because I can look at my week and I say, where am I lacking? Where do I need to focus on, on habits? Because I do think habits form behavior and that behavior slowly but surely changes. That's a good thing. The crazy thing is back to work, right? Man, am I out of practice at work? I felt goofy when I got back. My assessments were rough. Felt like a guest at the station. And uh, being off for four months, you know, I slept every night in my own bed and got eight hours, which is life changing, right? And we're not as busy as some of these other stations. But the first two shifts, we got up three times, and that's not a whole lot. But I was spun, spun out the next day, completely tired, exhausted. I just haven't built that work hardening yet, gotten back into the flow of that. And so what happened? I haven't had a donut in four months. And both shifts the next morning, I was sleep deprived. My guard was down. I didn't have my checklist going. And I ate a donut both times after the shift. And so it was eye-opening to me because there's nothing wrong with a donut from time to time. It's National Donut Day. I rationalize it. Don't judge me. The donut was delicious. But do I want to eat donuts after every shift at work? Absolutely not, right? And absolutely not. I do not want that. I, I had gotten lean when I was off work, and I think it was partly because of sleep. I was able to control my food, and I was able to control the workouts. And so I've got to find a way to do that. And what that looks like for me is I got to bring in some food, right? And so I have to have a better choice in the morning. If I was up at night and I was hungry in the morning, I, I should have a protein shake or I should have some sort of protein bar, or I should just say, it's no big deal. And I can fast because I know plenty of guys like Dave Tebow, Chris Ruano, Mike Kenobi, Noel Lilly, that will just choose to fast, right? If they don't have that option. And that's totally fine too. I've done extended fast up to about 20 hours. I know some people have done 24 hours. I think the, the, the real benefit to those things is to know mentally that you can do this. It's not that big of a deal. It's, it definitely helped kind of reset my system. It helps my GI issues, but I can absolutely do that. Now, if I was starving, I will eat. And that's not a big deal, but I should be have some basic preparation for nutrition to say that I'm ready to go if I was starving and we were up all night, we had a fire, whatever it may be, that I just don't choose the donut in the morning because those will always be there. The temptation will always be there to have the Captain Crunch. I mean, how amazing is Captain Crunch, right? And so I got to know kind of where the chinks in my armor are. And I know that when I don't sleep well, I make terrible choices and I kind of say F it and I throw the list away, right? And so that's not what I want to do at all. Going to work for me has been interesting too because I had a routine at home where I could wake up, make the girls breakfast, see them off to school and they, they were gone. And so I could have my time to read, get into the Bible. I would pray, I would stretch, I would get ready and then I'd work out. And so it was very consistent. Whereas when going to work, you know, you got to wake up at O dark 30, drive into work 
And so what I have to find is a new schedule for what I do off duty and on duty. And I kind of follow a page from Noel. I saw what he would do at work. You know, we would get the workout in, we'd do all the basic dailies, we'd check out the equipment. And then at some point in the mid morning, I think he would do some different stuff like breathing, he'd get in the ice bath, he'd maybe do some reading. And that's what I would try to like emulate is to say, I could do that too, but it has to develop in a habit. And so what I have to do is put down my routine as a checklist, as a habit in the way of life app. I have to write it down in my journal. I have to do these things. And then I got to check in on people, right? So even doing this podcast is like telling on myself. And then when you vocalize it to somebody else and then you bring it out there, I think you make yourself accountable to it, right? And so accountability is a big deal. I We've talked about it. The fire up program is amazing. And I think one of the most amazing things out of it is that we have kind of accountability guys. We make some commitments there to each other. And what we do is we try to follow up with each other on how that is going. And when you got Tebow bearing down your neck and he's saying, what are you doing with that? You know what I mean? Like you don't want to fail those guys. And so I think that's one a very cool thing about it is that if you're looking to level up in some area of your life, there's a guy there that probably does that pretty well. There's some pretty amazing dudes that go up there. And so what's really cool about that is, do you, do you have like an accountability partner, somebody to check in, somebody to call you on your BS, or do you just have yes men that'll laugh at all your ridiculous stories and never challenge you? I am blessed to have some great friends over a lifetime. And some of the reason why I love these guys in my life is because they will totally call me out. They, I got guys like Joe Flahaven. We're more like brothers than we are friends. But these guys will call me out when I am doing wrong or if I'm off my path. They know where I want to go. They know what I want to be. And when I am deviating from that path, and they, they, they won't be shy about telling me. And so I love that. I love that about him. And I know like a guy like Joe is going to be fit for a lifetime. He's a complete savage. He's been fit for 30 years and I know he's grinding out there. And I know that's something that I want too. And it's cool to have a partner in that way that we don't have to say much on the day to day, but I know when we show up, you better be right or he's going to call you out. Right. And so I always encourage people to surround yourself with people that motivate you like that that call you out and improve you. Now, look, every day doesn't have to be some insanely successful day on the checklist. Sometimes things get in the way and there's absolute priorities in my life. My wife and kids, they come first. And so I think I have to do a better job of communicating what some of these goals are and see if the wife and kids share those or encourage those or want those as well. Because if it's something absurd and it's going to take all my time away from them, then it ain't worth it. Right. And so you got to get creative on some different things. I was listening to uh, Peter Atia, you know, Dr. Peter Atia, pretty fascinating guy. He's probably the smartest guy I've ever listened to. A lot of his stuff is way over my head, but he really breaks down like scientifically the hours that he puts in and, and and it equates to about 10 hours a week, which is not much compared to a professional athlete. But that's what he says. He hits a goal of 10 hours a week of training. And that that's something attainable. I know that at work we can do that. At home I can do that. 
And I kind of like that. And he looks at it on a long-term longevity type of a saying, like he works backwards on saying, what do I want to look like at 85? I want to be able to walk. I don't want to be bedridden. I want to be able to pick up my great grandchildren. I want to be able to do some basic life. And don't we all, right? And so he kind of works back from, from that. He does a lot of cardiovascular zone two training. He does a lot of deadlifts. He does a lot of body weight hypertrophy training. So he doesn't lose the muscle. And then obviously he's big into nutrition and he's constantly talking to people that are in the highest level of their game, whether it's nutrition, uh, medicine, whatever on, and he's constantly changing whatever his, his theories are. He tried carnivore for a while. They did keto for a long time. Now he's kind of more into ancestral living with ads in rice. And, and I, I like that because I can get something stuck in my head on saying, this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes I won't realize it ain't working. And so I, I think, again, you have to listen to people, educate yourself, and sometimes be able to switch that plan and say, this ain't working. What can I do differently? And then go from there. Come up with a, a new plan, a new goal, a new habit, whatever it may be. This is just a short episode. Talking to myself, as always, instant gratification is something that will disappoint me every single time. I want it now, whatever that is. And I'm, a lot of times I'm not willing to put in the grind, but there are things that I've seen that are insanely beneficial for me as far as finances, family, fitness, and career that I've seen. If I look back 10 years ago, am I better than I was then? Yes. And it's because I put in some basic work. Can I get better? Absolutely. Absolutely. And do I want to be 10 years from now? Can I say I'm better than I was 10 years ago? I hope so. And I think it comes down to that daily work. I love what Mike Kenobi, I think, or, or Noel was talking about at one of our fire ups. If they cloned you every single day, did you do something in your day today to make yourself better than the clone yesterday? And I have to ask myself that some days. Some days I'm worse than the clone than they made of me. But I like to say that if you can, you make a, a half percent change, a 1% change, something that you can do in your daily life to better yourself, to beat the guy that you were yesterday. I, I really like that, that kind of analogy to say, man, I'm just going to do something small today. And it could be that you didn't want to make the bed and you made the bed. You fold your clothes, you did your laundry. Those are, those are easy ones. But I like having a basic checklist to say, I'm going to do some basic things to work on my habits, to create a new way of how I actually live. And before you know it, that's who you are and that's what you do. If you look at Jocko Willink, who's going to be doing uh, his echelon front, is actually coming to LA County. They're going to be doing a leadership course put on by the Benefit and Welfare Association, which I'm involved with on Thursday next week. But that guy's the epitome of it. He has a book called Discipline Equals Freedom. And his Instagram is nothing but his watch waking up at 4 a.m. and then a puddle of sweat afterwards. The guy's a complete savage. And you can see he's accomplished so much in his life because he's built in discipline over a lifetime of being a Navy SEAL and then afterwards. And that's impressive to me. Can we do something like that? Absolutely. Can I wake up 30 minutes earlier than my alarm set and spend time in the word, stretch, breathe, pray? Absolutely. 
it's just up to me to make those those things and not to not to bitch about it, not to say, oh, this is impossible. It'll never happen. But I think over a, over a long period of time, that just becomes habit and that's who you are. So that's what I'm talking about. Let's smash instant gratification. Let's, let's start putting in the daily little work to be 1% better. And I would encourage you that we talk about a lot of this and way more at the Fire Up program. It's one of the coolest things I've ever been involved with. I've seen lives change at this thing. It is not something that we're going to come out and try to break you off. It's just a group of men encouraging other men to be better in some aspect of their life and whatever that looks like for you. You do not have to be a fireman or a first responder. I think some of the guys that are not have had some of the biggest benefit from it. There's a outrageous amount of camaraderie and relationships formed in a very short period of time. Every single guy that's gone to it has said, I'd like to come back, which is is very cool. I think it's just a group of men trying to help other men be better in all these aspects of their life. So go check out fireupprogram.com. We have two classes that are coming up, one in October and one in December. That's going to be on the weekend. You'll learn from some pretty amazing guys that are up there, and we learn from you just as much. And I get something out of it every time now. It's just like I can't wait for the next one. So hopefully you got something out of this and we'd love to hear your comments. We can't, Nolan are, are blown away by your support and we're going to keep this thing rocking. So um, leave us some comments. We'll, we'll, we'll see what's up. And then, and if you do have time, leave us a review. All right, guys, take care till next time. This has been the fire you carry podcast. 